welcome back to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Claire. And today we have another guest with us. So, so exciting. (laughs) We have Sarah with us today. We know Sarah through our Bible study. Um, We've known her for, what, almost a year now? No. A little over a year? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, we're super excited to talk to her about calling and kind of continue the discussion. And yeah, we're in a new recording location today, which is kind of exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so how about Sarah, let us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and yeah. Sweet. Yeah, thanks for having me. My name's Sarah. I'm from the northwest suburbs of Chicago grown up there my whole life and now I live like 20 minutes from where I grew up in the city of Chicago and I'm working right now as an environmental engineering consultant in the downtown the downtown the city center as they say at an undisclosed location (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) you'll never find me (laughs) Yeah, in the loop. Actually, like, probably two blocks from where you guys work, I think. Um, How old are you? 24. Where'd you go to school? I went to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. And what'd you study? I studied agriculture engineering, which is a pretty small major at U of I, but it kind of relates to environmental engineering. You probably don't need to know that. I would have, you could have fooled me that it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> Just sounds cooler. And what about your faith background? Right. Yeah, I did grow up in a Catholic family. I think, like, growing up, probably one of, like, the greatest graces of my life was that I, like, grew up in a Catholic family, but I, like, always believed in God as well. Like, I, I really did believe in him growing up. Although I think to some extent I didn't really understand him or know him, but I did believe. And I think that is, like, it's definitely one of the, the biggest gifts he's ever given me. Yeah, so, like, I grew up in that atmosphere. And then when I went to college, I would kind of describe myself as maybe more of, like, pretty hopeless in that, like, six-month period between graduating high school and going to college and like the whole transition. And I think it like hits people differently. And for me and where I was at in my life, I just decided to go on the like, everything is bad route. And I just started really believing it, that life genuinely sucks and there's like no solution. And I convinced myself of it and then I, just had this like one moment day about six years ago it was like the beginning of November my freshman year and I like basically was like confronted with a choice of if I wanted to go down this path of just like nothing matters everything's bad and like just being completely miserable for the rest of my life or or not and the Lord like I eventually I try not to say this often because it doesn't really make any sense to me but the Lord like spoke to me, like I heard his voice and yeah, he, he spoke to me through the serenity prayer of like, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And he just like 
with like words told me like you cannot change anyone else like you can't change basically anything else that's happening to you but you can like change yourself and you know me like I've shown myself to you so like come follow me like in that moment like I met him like maybe for the first time like I knew who he was and just decided in that moment to like realize that something else is totally real and the world is not hopeless and I can follow God and he can give it meaning so like and a long-winded answer like that's the background that's like maybe a good like starting point yeah that's so beautiful that's so beautiful and I'm curious what was like were you going through anything in particular in those moments where you're like okay life is miserable like was it you just felt lost you didn't know what direction you were going or did something happen or what kind of caused that mindset yeah I think just like a lot of general struggles that maybe people in our our uh, age group deal with like hyperactivity wanting to be great at everything and, and realizing it's not enough and then also just some some issues I was having with a lot of relationships in my life they just like weren't working out and I think just like deep down in my head I just like hated myself for some reason like I just thought I was like really bad I guess I was just like completely depressed yeah like as maybe that's the easiest way of explaining it as maybe like a lot of people have experienced in their lives too um I wouldn't say there's like a specific event that happened though it was just like a buildup of basically not dealing with my emotions for <laughs> the first 18 years of my life <laughs> that's a big build up yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so <laughs> maybe a lot of things. Yeah. So there's a lot of healing that came with that moment too. And like, it wasn't like an immediate after the Lord like spoke to me that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fine. Finally. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot to be healed from it and, and probably still. And what did that moment look like? I mean, were you at church? Were you in prayer? Were you like, when did that moment happen? Um, I was walking outside I was listening to a Macklemore song. <laughs> Which one? You remember? No, 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 no. He in the song. Shop. <laughs> that would have been cool. Pop like that would have been really exciting. That's the only Macklemore song I know. <laughs> ceiling. What's the ceiling king that hold up? That one. There's. Oh, is that Macklemore? No, I don't think that's Macklemore. I know what song you're talking about. Is that it? No, 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 no. It was called, it's actually like not a great song. It's called Drug Dealer. Um, (laughs) It's not happy, it's not exciting. The irony right now. Drug Dealer. Yeah, it's just like a sad song. Put on our Spotify playlist. We want to make a Spotify playlist for the podcast. I'll throw some Macklemore in there for you. (laughs) Thank you. He is great. But yeah, at the end of the song, Macklemore he like sings the serenity prayer so it's like kind really of, yeah that's where i was listening to it yeah so he does like at the end wow um, it's a pretty heavy song wait i want to listen to it now yeah, i've never heard it, it. in the background <laughs> <laughs> um i love it yeah i was going to math class walking wow. outside yeah and so you're listening to this song and then that prayer just spoke to you more than it had ever mm-hmm. in the past yeah. yeah i think like in that moment i was 
maybe like rock bottom, but maybe just like ready to make a choice, like yeah. ready to make a decision on if I want to like live life or if I want to like live death. Like, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I want to live like I am alive or like just be a little shadow? One's like obviously more appealing, <laughs> and I'm like grateful for the grace to see that. But yeah, that was that was a scene. Nice fall day. I love that prayer too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My teacher, history teacher, sophomore year, he that we said it every single day. Wow. In class, and that prayer like got me through a lot too. Very much so. It's like one of my favorites. Especially, I would pray it um, before every single golf shot. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing. You know there's a longer version? Really? It's like a really long, I have it. Oh my gosh. Here, actually. I would love to oh, see the long version, but I would I'll literally pray that prayer after, or before every <laughs> single golf shot. That and a Hail Mary. I have a pretty big pre-shot. You're like on the upstroke, you're like, God, grab a string. And then the downstroke, like, you're like, Hail like, Mary. Stuff for things like, cannot change. <laughs> my balls in the water, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> awesome but yeah yeah i love that prayer it's so great it's so powerful yeah yeah and i feel like even for someone who isn't religious i've given that prayer as advice Mm. taken like the word god out of it and if the person's not religious and like basically given them that advice it's just amazing advice and just an awesome way to live i feel like yeah it's so simple so that was kind of a turning point obviously for you so then after that, I mean, what did you do after this kind of revelation? How did you start acting? Was it like this kind of the moment where you started discerning maybe what God wanted you to do or did it take some time? Yeah, I didn't start discerning for maybe another year and a half. I basically like used that period to learn who God was. Maybe I didn't know I was doing that at the time, but I had grown up going to this Catholic camp. It's called Catholic Heartwork Camp. And I, every, it's like a week long over the summer and they do a night of adoration during the week. So that was like my first time in adoration. And I just remember being in adoration when I was in eighth grade for the first time and like knowing that something was different in that moment. And I loved it. And I would only go once a year then, like every summer during camp. And so after that moment, like the first thing that came to my head was like go to adoration. Cause that's like where I think maybe I met God maybe the first time, even though I don't think I was ready to really realize what was happening. And U of I is amazing. Their like liturgical schedule is sweet. Cause they have adoration every single day for an hour an afternoon, which is like, <laughs> for a college student, it's Tough. huge. Oh. No, it's actually great. Oh. He's like, no one wants to wake up early <laughs> when you're 18. I guess I'm I weird. Know. I think a late night adoration would be Ooh. great for college students. Well, yeah. at least for my schedule. Like you worked. study all day and then you're yeah. just like, take my test tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> take it all. <laughs> take it all. Um, but yeah, they have it every day. So I went to adoration and I started going to daily mass too and 
um, eventually, originally it was just like one day a week I'd go to daily mass and then maybe for like 15 minutes a day I would, I would pray. Yeah, I think over the course of the rest of my freshman year, I just like gained knowledge of God from going to mass and from, from meeting some people at the Newman Center. But for the most part, it was just kind of like me on my own doing that. Yeah, and then you just said you did that for freshman year. Yeah. So you yeah. were getting to know God for yeah. like a year or that time. Yeah, for like a year. And then that like summer after my freshman year, to be honest, I kind of fell away again. I almost like went back to where I was living. I, I found it hard to pray and I just kind of didn't do it. I didn't have a community. I didn't know anybody because like I said, like I did a lot of things on my own. Um, Breaks from college are tough in general. Yeah. Yeah, especially it's like you're in a whole like different location. All your friends are. I mean, you still might have some friends at home, but it's just different. And yeah, I agree. College yeah. breaks are, are very different than like breaks now. Yeah, yeah. Then I went back my sophomore year, and I, I like entered the chapel on the first day of school, and I like made a pledge again. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with you, God. And then. A few months later, we had religious sisters come to U of I to, like, minister to us, like, to stay and, and be a part of the staff. And around that time, too, I started, like, making a lot of friends at the Newman Center. And we just started talking more about, like, what does God, like, want you to do? I think that became a question, like, in general, like, when you're in college, you think about what you want to do. And now I was like, oh, shoot, like... I'm not gonna be in college forever. I'm not yeah. gonna like, no. I I really like when you're, when I went to school, like I didn't really care what I did. I I had no <laughs> sense of the future. I was just like, this is what you do, you know. I'm good at school, so I'm gonna go. Um, I yeah, I started thinking about it. I met some sisters, and I had one more maybe like turning point experience in adoration, um, in like a gym with a lot of my friends and. The Lord, again, like, he spoke to me, and he asked me this time, he was like, okay, now you know me. Like, I've shown you who I am. I've shown you that I, like, have, I've got you, and you're fine, and things are good. Now, like, now, like, are you going to stay? Are you going to stay, like, for the long run? And I was like, yeah, I'll stay. Yeah, so, like, I had that moment that I I was going to stay. Yeah. And in my mind, I think, like, as being like really on fire and really excited and having like just met some religious sisters and realizing like God wants something from me. I put two and two together and I was like, I'm going to be a nun. <laughs> I like went home that day and I was like, that's it. Like I'm so excited. Like yeah. I know. And I, I was really excited. Wait, when was that? Sophomore? Junior? Sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. Sophomore year. Of, like maybe February, sophomore mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that's maybe when I started discerning. It's like a year and a half after I like started praying, I guess. Okay, so what did that discernment process look like? Like, were you fully, were you like, I'm going to be a sister now, I'm not really thinking about other options? Yeah. I, um, <laughs> but spoiler alert, she's not a sister. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I'm not a unique sister who has a full-time job. <laughs> unique sister. I'm super single. <laughs> um... Yeah, I I think it's funny. If my parents ever listen to this, I wonder if they remember this. But I, I called them a few days after. And I wasn't going to tell them. 
But it just, like, came up, like, out of nowhere. I think I mentioned, I was like, oh, we have, like, sisters at school now. And my dad was like, have you ever thought about that? And I, like, got super quiet. And I said, like, verbatim, I'm dropping out of school. And I'm going to become a sister. And Wait, so friend, you want to drop out of school? Yeah, I was, like, ready to go. Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> like, very imprudently. Like, I knew nothing about what it took to be a sister. I just met them. Um, Don't you I, have to have a college degree? No, you don't. I think oh, they like recommend it. Or high it. school, I guess. High school, okay. usually. Yeah. I've met a few who don't. But mostly, you need high school. Ideally, you'd have college and like a couple years work experience. But my parents are really good parents and they're like, <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> Pump the brakes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was like the start. And... Um, around that time too, I, I got a spiritual director and that was huge. Like one of the sisters, I think she realized that I was going to um, drop out of school. Right. That I was, <laughs> that I was maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe not on the right path. <laughs> maybe a little overzealous, <laughs> um, which is fine. Like I can call you to that, but there was just like no real structure to my, to my discernment. Like I hadn't really met a community. I hadn't, I didn't really understand what it meant other than like, it's a life for the Lord. Um, which Wait, is I think that that's a good, like, point of, like, question, though, because I do feel like people get an idea of, like, this is my calling or mm-hmm. something, and then, like, are just, like, whatever I'm doing now doesn't matter, right. drop, drop everything, everything. Yeah. jump to that, and that's what you did, but, okay, maybe, like, reflect on that, maybe, why do you think that you thought that that was the way that you had to go, and then maybe why are you glad that you didn't do that? Right. Yeah. That's a good question. I think I thought that if God wanted me to do something, anything that I'm doing now is a waste of time Mm -hmm. if I'm not doing what he wants. And I thought he wanted me to be a sister. So if I wasn't being that, it was a waste of time. But I didn't, I think like to your point, like I didn't fully understand what he wanted. I just wanted like the quick answer I wanted to know so that I was right, so that I didn't have to think about it anymore, so I can get, like, the A on the test and move on. But he, like, didn't just want me to be a sister. Like, he wanted me. Like, he wanted me to be his. That's what he asked. He didn't ask me to be a nun. He, like, asked me if I was going to stay with him. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted an easy fix, which, like, LOL, religious life is not an easy fix. <laughs> like, full disclosure. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, I didn't, like, stop to think about how he wanted me to live, like, day to day. I just wanted, like, a big answer. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so are you grateful for the people in your life that... Because also it's like, okay, you tell... You could have had multiple reactions. You tell your parents, I want to be a sister. Your parents are like, don't you dare drop out. And Or, you know, other people's friends or family might be like, hey, you know, don't do that. And they don't mean don't ever do that. I feel like it's the rash decision that people kind of, like, pump you. But then the other person could be like, you don't want me to live out my dream and my calling. And, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's hard. And I feel like God doesn't call us to make such rushed, like, rash decisions. You know, I feel Mm. like he works in slow ways. And so... I don't think he would ever ask us to just like drop everything and you have to do this right now. Otherwise you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm really grateful for all, all the people and 
yeah, like the the long journey has been so fruitful. Like, I think if he did want me to be a sister and like showed me how he wanted me to do that right away, like, fine, great, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then people in your life are telling you, all right, maybe you should slow down, take a step back. So then what happened from there? Did you start to think, okay, maybe this isn't for me? Did you start to then think about pursuing the career you have now? How did that come about? Right. Okay. Yeah. So this I think is like maybe one of the the better things that happened was how long this took was that like I discerned for the next three years. Like I I genuinely thought when I graduated college I would be a sister. So I but I was like willing to give it the time and in those like years of discerning like in spiritual direction, I really learned what it meant to be a Christian as opposed to like anything else. And that is like the point of a calling. Like the point of a vocation is to learn how to live with God. Like what, who he is, like how, like that is heaven. It's just like being with him. So like just being with him was the point maybe of my discernment. And so I, at some point, like I discerned for the rest of my sophomore year, I I spoke with my spiritual director and then junior year as well. I didn't visit my first community until my senior year. So that's like a year and a half later. Like it took me a really long time to just learn who God was and like slowly grow with him. And when I started like visiting communities, I started getting really stressed out. Like I wanted to know, I wanted everything to work out well and I remember I would like I usually don't cry in front of people and I cried in front of my spiritual director and I was just like I am so stressed out about this and she was like Sarah like God is in the peace like God and yeah yeah you'll hear that like God only speaks through peace like God is not there to like make you anxious and so she like gave me that tip like if you're trying to listen to what God wants from you like, listen to things that are peaceful. Like, listen to... Like, if it's not peaceful, it's not coming from God. It's coming from you. It's coming from, like, the way yeah. I want to be seen by other people. Like, I want other Catholics to think I'm really holy. So I'm, like, visiting communities. I want them to think that I'm, like, that I love God more. Or, like, there's a lot of pride in it, too. Yeah. And I think that was kind of getting in the way of my discernment. And, like, I wanted, like people who weren't Catholic to see me like wanting to do this thing for God and being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to convert like (laughs) instantly, you know, like I don't have that power. I don't have it at all. Like I can't convince anybody and nobody convinced me to be Catholic. Like it was all the Lord. And Mm so I don't know why, like where those thoughts started creeping in, but it really hindered my discernment quite a bit. Yeah. And there was just another moment when I was on a retreat um, with some nuns and we had like eight hours of prayer a day, which is great. Oh my God. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and like halfway through the second day, I was stressed out about it again. I was like, okay, Lord, is this the right place? Is this it? Like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And God was just like, Sarah, like, when did this stop being about our relationship and start becoming like what you want? And yeah. basically the world just like crept into this like very like holy 
Which quote unquote that kind endeavor. Of sucks because yeah. that will happen to me, and then I'm like, oh, I ruined it. And yeah, <laughs> gosh darn it! Took something good, and I really—I <laughs> literally did. Do you like when that happens? Do you find that because it's just easier for me to get rid of that thing than like redeem that thing? And sometimes it will be redeemed in the future, but because then did that put like a sour taste in your mouth? Because I would have been like, oh, I just ruined religious life because I made it about me. And now, like, I don't, this isn't even, now I don't even know what to do with this because yeah. I don't even know what I want anymore. I'm confused. I made this about me. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't put a sour taste <laughs> in my mouth. You're right. I did ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, again, as, as I said before, and as maybe I'll keep repeating, like, it's all just about knowing the Lord, like, his journey his pursuing of you so like yeah I messed that up and like the prodigal son God's like praise God she realized like she's back <laughs> she's back and better than ever um <laughs> and we're ready to go like God is just like okay like cool let's move on mm-hmm. and so yeah like moved on yeah I would say it was never like really that detrimental because Jesus just wants you and so like if you realize more about yourself on the journey like that's the whole point like you did it well done Mm -hmm. you know like Jesus has revealed a little bit more of himself about the peace he wants to give you and so you just like keep chugging along um yeah so after that retreat which was in May of my sorry not May March or February March of my senior year um COVID's coming. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. COVID is coming. I, I had no idea. He's <laughs> great. Um, but right before COVID, Lent started like maybe a week or two yeah. before COVID happened. And for Lent, I gave up discerning. It was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave up discerning. What was your thought process behind that? Yeah. I was just <laughs> the best one of my life I'm just kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding um my thought process was just that it really did become way too much about me mm-hmm. and I needed to fast from it because I wasn't discerning in real light I was discerning for myself and the best way to like get rid of yourself is to fast so I, I picked that one um and yeah, it was great. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it impossible for you to visit any other community for the rest of the year and made COVID happen. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you literally can't discern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, COVID happened. And by the end of my senior year, I had applied for zero jobs. I had zero career aspirations. And I also didn't know if I was going to be a nun or not I still wanted it I always deeply desired it because part of like discerning is like having true knowledge of what you're doing so like if you're discerning marriage with somebody you need to know that person like you need to know what the vocation of marriage entails if you're like going to have a job you kind of want to know like what you're going to end up doing if you want to like be in religious life like you need to understand what the vows entail like what is a daily life like and it was always really appealing to me. And so I still, like, really liked the idea of religious life. But at that point, I 
didn't have any prospects and I had no idea what I was doing. But I think like that complete emptiness was like what really made me want to like, maybe not want, that's like where God like was able to lead. Like I had not, no plans, like nothing. And God was like, okay, finally, I can like show you the script I wrote you. Like, this is no longer about you. Although like I wasn't like perfect, but like it was just more, more of a freer situation to be in that God was just going to lead. And that's when like some like random stuff started happening, I guess. Yeah, so that summer, last minute, I went to Colorado for the summer, COVID summer with Focus Summer Projects. And basically the only camp that summer that like went in like the entire country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we got mass twice a day. Like we had adoration every day, confession every day. Um, every day, every day. Wow. People, you didn't you have to, to go I was every like, day. You didn't go to confession yeah, I did not go day. to confession every day. <laughs> Please. I forgot Maybe to I hold shouldn't. open the door for something. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting um, nitty gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you right, went every right. day. No, no, no. We had the opportunity for all those yeah. things every day when, like, the rest of the world hadn't gone to mass in four months and would still not go for another like eight months. Um, we had it every day, so. I was like very much with God and I remember thinking like when I was in Colorado I was like the Lord is going to tell me what he wants like he has to because I have nothing planned after this <laughs> like I had nothing planned before this I have nothing planned after this he's going to have to tell me and after summer I went home and again <laughs> I had no job <laughs> I hadn't applied to a job I had no idea what I was doing you're stressing me out. Yeah, I would yeah. be a mess. <laughs> you're handling it much, or at least you say they're handling it much better than I would be handling it. I mean, to be fair, this is like very retrospective. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I went home and I, I had no idea what I was going to do. And yeah, I like kind of started applying to like some year of service things. And my dad would ask me like, what do you want to do? And, like, secretly, I was like, I want to be a nun. <laughs> but, I, like, it wasn't going to happen at that point. So I was like, I have to give it up. And I would, I said, like, I want to teach, like, maybe. And I knew a lot of nuns taught. So I was like, maybe that'd be good. And I had this, like, deep desire to share God. So I was like, teaching would be an easy way to do that. And then all of a sudden, there's a school by my house that a teacher quit on like the first day of school and it's Catholic school they I found from a friend found out from a friend that they needed a science teacher I was like I know some science (laughs) (laughs) I could maybe do that and so I applied and then the next day they brought me in and they sat me down and they're like do you want to do this and this is my interview they asked me they're like do you want to do this and in my head I was thinking I was like okay god has brought me here he answered a prayer like this could be a job and I want to share with the Lord so I guess this answers the prayer and I said yes and they said okay <laughs> here's the curriculum like we'll see you Monday we'll see you Monday. <laughs> yeah wow so quick turnaround yeah yeah you just were a teacher yeah so you just dove right in you didn't have to like get a teaching license or anything they just kind of threw you in yeah 
COVID. <laughs> um, COVID, they're just letting their standards slide. They let anyone yeah, in there, I guess. Yeah, the Lord really uh, broke through a lot of barriers <laughs> for COVID. Uh, for me. <laughs> it was all for me. Um, yeah, I, I can't explain it. They didn't care. <laughs> well, they were probably desperate. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. first day of school already first started. School. To be yeah. honest, we were both pretty desperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, school already started. If I, I had like the science background, so mm-hmm. yeah, I knew some stuff of what was going on. But yeah, that was not great preparation. <laughs> I wasn't very prepared. But anyway, I like yeah, I showed up the next day to teach these kids, and yeah, it was really a great reliance on God like to trust that he would help me be with these students you know and and help these students too and there were like a lot of really great situations that I got in with with teaching and learning that like living with God in like a adult life is so different than being in college when like all I had to care about was me and him like I didn't have to worry about what like my work like I was pretty good at school so I didn't have to think about it but now like I'm teaching like I'm entrusted to like the care of a hundred middle school kids (laughs) 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 and like a very small piece of their entrustment but like, even so, they spend 40 to 50 minutes with me a day, and... It's a lot of time, yeah. honestly. And I need to, like, give them, like, true science, but I also wanted to give them, like, true faith, and that's, like, what I thought God wanted. So it was interesting to, like, transition into being an adult, living your faith, and I think that that was, like, helpful for my discernment, too. Of realizing that it's not like as easy as I thought it would be and there's a lot of like things that adults deal with I think like when a lot of people talk about their testimonies they say like oh I grew up Catholic but like my parents didn't really practice their faith or we didn't like do a lot of things with our faith and and as I met like these students and I, I talked to a lot of parents too I realized that they might be thinking the same thing, but they're, like, are not seeing what their parents are doing. Like, they're not seeing how faithful their parents are, but how much, like, like middle schools are crazy. Like, <laughs> like, how much their parents deal with and how, like, holy just the idea of, like, being a, like, a Catholic adult is and how hidden it is. Like, the holiness of those parents of teachers is so hidden but Mm -hmm. so powerful and like I was able to see that and for a while I thought like the only way to be with God was to be a religious like that's the only way that's like you get the most prayer time the most time with God like you're automatically going to be a saint but I don't know meeting those parents made me realize that like there's a lot more to it and there's a lot of different ways to be a saint and it's really hard to be a Christian and to deal with, like, these things of the world, these really real things that are really hard, and to find, like, solutions to them with the eyes of God. Um, so needless to say, like, that was the hardest year of my life. Like, Well, yeah, you didn't talk about how you didn't like teaching. Yeah, I hated it. 
<laughs> I skipped over that part. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No. You were saying all these beautiful things. Yeah. But you also did not let... Well, you also found out pretty quickly from what you've told me in the past that yeah. this was not the path for you. Yeah. I knew the first day I taught. Like, I walked into <laughs> that school. Yeah. What did I get myself into? Yeah, yeah. After I was hired, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going to hate this. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it was really challenging. And... I think it just is like another thing that God like spoke to me in the piece when I took the job. So I knew I had to do it. Like I knew it. And then as it went on, I realized I didn't have to do it forever. Like that was where the next piece was, was that like, this is only for a year. Um, or even less if, if that was where the piece was, but I was pretty certain that God was telling me like, it's only going to be a year. So yeah, I kept with the decision because originally it was peaceful for me to do it. And then it was peaceful for me to stay for the year, but know that it was going to end because I really didn't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Yeah. So then what were you thinking? Religious life again or what? Yeah. Um, I did go on like a very long extended visit during that year. Still like kind of discerning and I didn't really like the visit. So I stopped discerning with that community and, well, so then how did yeah. you, because you're an environmental consultant. Right. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> let's connect the dots here. Yeah, Where yeah. Somehow start. everyone ends up in consulting. <laughs> let's just, that's the takeaway here. Consulting's just the catch-all. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you want to do? Come it's for people that, it's for people that don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Consulting has a place for everyone. That's what I tell all the, like, college students when I recruit them. Because I'm like, oh, you don't know what you want to do? Come to consulting. <laughs> Everyone I ask, too, I'm like, oh, like, what drew you to consulting? It's usually some theme of I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I heard consulting was a good <laughs> place to try a bunch of different things. and Yeah. yeah. I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's like why that's how I, I got into consulting. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what, I'm just like, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. But I know I have skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I guess, like, the question was, like, how did I get into consulting then? Yeah. So yeah. you are done being a teacher. Yeah. You didn't like your religious visit. Right. So yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. For the third time, I was jobless with no prospects <laughs> <laughs> for an entire summer. Um, supposed to be a theme here. Yeah. Honestly, it's great. I would recommend it. Like, like you just realize your worth so much to have nothing like to just like not have any job no responsibility and to be able to pray and and to have the lord still tell you that he like adores you you know like Mm -hmm. he adores you and like yeah like that was really really beautiful and i don't know i feel like a lot of people only find their worth in in their work and that's not true (laughs) like you're very much adored Um, so I, yeah, like, was still, like, dabbling with religious life. I honestly would love to be a nun. Like, I think I'd be, (laughs) like, it'd be great. But, yeah, Jesus, like, has not called that to me. So I started applying for jobs that after I stopped teaching. And, yeah, I applied for, like, a lot of random things. Uh, I looked into, like, engineering jobs some other jobs I don't even remember now. It was like a year and a half ago. Um, I had a lot of weird interviews. 
<laughs> like, um, yeah, just like random things that I didn't really understand. And then one of my one of my friends got a job at at this company, and and he referred me, and yeah, like I almost like knew instantly, like when I interviewed the first interview with with my boss. Now that like this is where I wanted to be. This is where God wanted me to be, and it was like the most. It was just very peaceful. Yeah, like yeah. I, I just knew, and yeah, I mean, the interview process is like a month, and again, I was doing like absolutely nothing, basically, I was just applying, like that was my job, was to apply, <laughs> like went on some trips, and yeah, I felt like kind of, it was easy to feel worthless, but I knew that like, that wasn't true, because I knew who God was, and I knew mm-hmm. that he didn't think I was worthless, um, yeah, so I ended up getting a job at this consulting firm and, and I've been working there ever since. So it's been about a year and a couple months. And yeah, like it's still a discernment journey. You know, like you're still always discerning. Like no matter what you're doing, you're always living with the Lord every single moment. Like you need to make choices for him. Um, Do you still have peace at this place or are you mm-hmm. looking for something else? Yeah, I mean, I I really love where I work right now. I I love my coworkers and I think it's like really a special gift to be able to be with people who are different than me and believe different things and to like talk about that but to also see like their goodness and all the things they're good at and to still like try to live a Christian life. Like it's still so challenging. In terms of, like, discernment, I guess I am, like, pretty open to religious life still. I would would love to be a nun. (laughs) If you're listening, Lord. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not sure that God subscribed to that. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I just want, and I think, like, a lot of people maybe share this sentiment as, as Christians, like, I just want to do what God wants. And so, like, if he wants me to be a nun, like, I'll go tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we say, you know, like, that's what we all believe. And I'd be happy to. And I feel much a great sense of freedom that he's taught me all about religious life. He's shown me who he is. And it's still, like, it's still a journey. Like, it's my spiritual director used to call it, well, she probably still does. I just don't talk to her. And she calls it um, an adventure of love. Like, like I fell in love with God six years ago. And, like, praise God on this journey. Like, it's been so much fun. It's such an adventure. It's so crazy. But, like, every moment, like, you just, like, keep falling more and more in love. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, so many different things that he teaches us, like, every... In different... Like, in every different stage. So, like, if he wants you in a place, like, he's going to put you there. And you just get to, like, experience it. Like, you don't have to do anything. It's so free. It's so easy. Like, you just get to be loved by God. And he just, like, if he wants to throw you into a middle school, like, he'll do it. And it's fine. Like, there were so many graces that came from it. And it was hard. And then if he wants to give you, like, a job that you love, like, he's going to do it. And, yeah, so I'm still discerning. But um, I really am happy where I'm at right now. And, yeah, like, the Lord has never left me. 
and I will not be leaving him. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd love to hear your perspective on, because you're in consulting as well, so are we. How do you approach the topic of faith and work? Like, how do you bring your mm-hmm. full self to work in an environment where, like you said, people may not always share your beliefs or have different opinions and things like that? I find it hard to to separate the two. I think that what God has kind of led me on is that he is like in everything and in everyone. So like every person in my job is, whether they know it or not, called to be there. And everything we do is like meant to glorify the Lord. And so I find it hard to talk about him in like the, like a, in a conversational sense, just because a lot of people aren't on that same level. Or it, as of now, it's like maybe not, it's more of a taboo topic. Um, and people are just like maybe more on edge. So I've that's been a hard thing for me to learn. But like just prayer in general, like the Lord has not like, made it difficult I guess like he's made it pretty easy for me to pray like my office is two blocks away from like the only Catholic church downtown Chicago yeah um so I mean like daily mass and daily prayer is like really easy during the day yeah I can go to confession every day (laughs) every day (laughs) little does everyone know I still go to confession every day (laughs) um yeah so I I just know how yeah I don't know I do find it hard to like talk about God but I do not find it hard to live with him yeah because he is like all we are like he is he is so like yeah there's no separation yeah I feel like it's I don't know at least for me right now it's more of like I'm trying to capitalize on the moments where I'm given the opportunity to speak Mm. instead of because it can be easy for me to just like avoid it or like maybe not say what I would actually want to say or try to like sugarcoat or whatever. But I'm like, I'm not trying to like bring it up to people like, Hey, you heard the good news or like what something (laughs) random. But if someone like asks me or if it comes up or there's like an opportunity, I'm like, I'm trying to push myself to, to, be my full self in that opportunity. Yeah, and you guys are so bold. Like, you talk, like, from what I hear, like, you guys talk about your podcast, like, you talk about all this stuff, and it seems like you and your coworkers have, like, really good conversations. Or, yeah, at least it's very much more open. I don't know. It's it's more of a thing where unless someone asks me directly, I don't bring it up yeah. at all. But I think having this podcast has made it a natural way for it to come up at work yeah because people have heard about it because I mean you know it's part of our lives now we do this so it naturally comes up and people are naturally curious and they want to learn like why are you doing this what's the purpose behind it so I think it's been easier since the podcast but it's also been uncomfortable too because I'm not used to this so it's yeah yeah I think we do have a very inclusive environment of, I do think that it's not like we are not afraid to 
talk about things as a company and like make sure everyone feels included so um I do really feel like whenever it's brought up everyone is like so supportive Mm -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. is kind of like the first thing I almost am afraid to like say I have a podcast because the first thing everyone asks is what's it about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do I start this and I'm like well okay I mean like do I want to like bring that up in this setting or like whatever because it's always like fun fact and I'm like this is the first fun fact I think of right. but then I'm like well is this the audience that I want to have this fun fact is this the right time yeah to get into- it's yeah, like exactly. uh and then but anytime it's actually brought up it's always so yeah. positive mm-hmm. I think it's me the one like holding back occasionally or and I feel like that's just positive reinforcement from God it's like every time we've talked about it it's gone well or it's been received with love and respect so it's almost the okay to okay keep keep doing you know don't be afraid just yeah keep doing what you're doing yeah so maybe to round this out you've obviously had a long journey of discernment and it's still going on it sounds like just like for all of us I mean yeah yeah we're I'm definitely not (laughs) at my destination yet and um so but you've definitely learned a lot and it sounds like God has been with you throughout every moment so what advice do you have based on your own experience for people who are maybe discerning or don't know how to go about that or just are lost right now and or maybe people who are impatient yeah too. yeah because you've yeah. been very patient mm-hmm. so good job mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I mean yeah I mean I just yeah I talked a lot about myself but really it's not my story at all like I think Fulton Sheen in his autobiography it's called Trocious and Clay he like starts it by saying like this story has already been written, um, and it was written, and this is kind of dramatic, but he's like, it was written with the blood of the cross. Like, the Bible is basically, like, the start of the discernment journey. Like, God has already written your life. Like, he wrote the Bible, but then he, like, almost, like, stopped, but he didn't stop writing. Like, he's a storyteller, so, like, every single person's life is a way that he wants to reveal himself. So, like, you were made to reveal something of God, and it just didn't end up in the, like, 2,000 pages of the Bible. Like, but, like, that's where he wants you. Like, that's what you're made to be. So, like, like the best advice for me, from me maybe is just to, like, read the words that he has already written and to see, like, where he's calling you because... He, he can speak to you through that as well. And then, yeah, like, in the words of, of my amazing spiritual director, like, it's an adventure of love. Like, it's an adventure. Like, fall in love. And God is, is pretty reckless. <laughs> um, yeah, from one of your other podcasts, you guys are, like, talking about reckless oh, love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he, yeah, he just recklessly loves you. And, yeah, it's just meant to be an adventure. So, I don't know, like... You never want to rush an adventure. True. So, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, the whole topic of 
find your calling. It seems so serious. And yeah. everyone's so stressed about everyone's it. Everyone's so stressed. Why and not? I, and I don't <laughs> think God wants us to be stressed. He's no like, way. he knows it's going to yeah. work out. He knows we're going to get there. He's like, just don't worry about it, you know? But I'm type A, Allison. I know. <laughs> I am too, so I'm with you. <laughs> And there's no hope Sarah's for you. Clearly, Sarah's clearly type B. This girl has no unemployed for months. I'd be like so stressed. I, yeah, I'd be so stressed. Not only would I be stressed, my entire family would yeah. be stressed. Like, yeah, be I think my family was stressed. Stress fest. <laughs> like, like, oh I think they're like deeply concerned. <laughs> like, why is this girl you're still like, here? I'll be at mass, and then you're at mass, and they're like, "What are we gonna do about Sarah?" Yeah. They have, like all their family meetings. <laughs> honestly been insane like I really loved listening to this I'd heard bits and pieces before but I think the full story is just really great and I think Mm -hmm. you're so real and raw with like you pointing out you're like oh yeah I was being like completely selfish during this time like it's just very I love that because if someone's going through something similar I think it allows me to reflect, like, am I doing this for me or am I really doing this because God's calling me to this? And it's so easy to make my calling about me mm-hmm. very easy. So I think you brought awareness to that and just encouraged us to keep praying. And, yeah, I mean, me personally, I don't feel like there's anywhere else I should be rather than where I am. And yeah. I know that this isn't my final destination, but I'm in the peace right now, so it feels good. And you've given me, you know, just some calm and understanding that, like, there's nothing more I need to be doing right now than just following and completing the task that God has put in front of me, you know? So I think it's been amazing, very lovely, and we're just so lucky to know you as friends and so happy that you're on the podcast and if you ever join religious life like i'll come visit (laughs) thank you (laughs) for your vows yeah yeah we'll see what happens or your next promotion we can come to my promotional party promotion party (laughs) whatever happens next excited to support you. I didn't realize we were two blocks away. We should get lunch sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We totally should. All of us. Us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can get You're coffee ready. sometime. Yeah, December coffee eight. lunch. December 8th. <laughs> coffee. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you so listening. much for and being thanks on for Sarah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, letting me share. This has God's been fabulous. Story. Yeah. And we are, I don't know, I just feel like I'm so at peace right now. So I am too. Yeah. Alright, well thank everyone for listening and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.